Hello, and welcome to the Diet Diatribe podcast. I'm your host, Sarah, and I've got a brand spanking new episode for you guys today. I'm going to talk about something that not a lot of people are comfortable discussing. Um, I want to talk about constipation, and it's something that a lot of people are very, very uncomfortable with, but can also impact your weight, your diet, and how you feel about yourself. But um, here's some side effects of constipation, the top 10 things you need to know. First and foremost, constipation isn't something we really talk about unless you're me. <laughs> I talk about it sometimes, but it affects up to 25% of the population, and mostly it's women that get impacted by this. So it means a lot of women are suffering in silence um, because of this condition, but most people think of it as just an annoying symptom. But it can also be the root cause of some other things um, and conditions, including fatigue, weight gain, low mood, and many other things. Here are the top 10 side effects of constipation on the body. And let's discuss. This article is by Bella Lindman, and it's called Side Effects of Constipation Top 10 You Need to Know. Constipation isn't something we often talk about unless you hang around with me, but given its effect on up to 25% of the population, this is mostly women, it means that a lot of us are suffering in silence. And while most people think of constipation as just an annoying symptom, it can also be the root cause of other symptoms and conditions, including fatigue, weight gain, low mood, and many other things. Here are the top 10 side effects of constipation on the body and mind. And before we get in too deep, let me just say that this blog post isn't for you if you ate a crappy diet for three days and got bunged up. If this happens, it can be easily fixed by cleaning up your diet and adding a little exercise to help get things moving along. This blog post is for that special someone with a chronic case of constipation, i.e. me, the kind that has been following you around like a bad smell for months and even years. I know this special someone because she was me chronically constipated and constantly feeling bloated, toxic, and really tired because of it. If this sounds familiar to you, then I am here to tell you that constipation is a huge health risk. And to hammer home exactly what you need to hear, here it is. What is constipation? Constipation can mean different things to different people. Here we're going to talk about chronic constipation, the serious long-term type. There are two different ways to tell if you have constipation. The first is the Rome 3 diagnostic criteria. It identifies people as having functional constipation when 25% of their bowel movements are associated with at least two of the following symptoms, straining, hard or lumpy stools, a sense of incomplete evacuation, a sense of obstruction, the need for manual maneuvers, or fewer than three bowel movements per week in the previous three months with an onset of symptoms longer than six months. This is me. Not to get too personal, but this is me. Another way to look at constipation is with the help of the Bristol Stool Form Scale, and it's a visual aid that's designed to classify poop in one of seven categories. You can look this, um, this Bristol Stool Form Scale up online. It's pretty interesting. Um, most people think of constipation as a symptom rather than the cause of their health problems. And for many functional gastrointestinal conditions like gut pathogens, leaky gut, and food sensitivity, there's, this is definitely the case, which is, my, which is why you might want to get tested and uncover the root cause of your constipation. But constipation itself can also be the root cause of other symptoms and conditions. Constipation can actually wreak havoc on your insides and usually stems from one of three issues. 
One, toxic reabsorption in the colon, which includes excess hormones that would normally be excreted in the stool. Imbalance of intestinal flora, including reduction in healthy species and overgrowth of unwanted bacteria or pathogens, which can be caused from the use of antibiotics. So you really want to keep this in mind when you're kind of looking at this analysis. But And the third thing on this list is structural and physical effects of large, hard stools and the straining that commonly accompanies them. It is these mechanisms that can cause a whole range of unwanted symptoms and the side effects of constipation on the body that can really cause us to struggle. Here are 10 side effects of constipation. Number one, the effect of constipation on fatigue. Constipation and fatigue go hand in hand. There's pretty strong evidence of this. Um, basically, common constipation or long-term constipation can increase the fermentation of carbohydrates and the production of various gases in your body. This can include super smelly hydrogen sulfide, thought to cause dysfunction of the mitochondria, which, which is the energy producers within our cells. A lack of healthy flora in the gut can also decrease the absorption of nutrients required for energy and normal physiological function. So impaired detoxification of toxic substances that can enter the bloodstream may also impact energy levels and cause fatigue, which is pretty significant. Um, the effects of constipation on weight gain. Yes, a buildup of poop can also add a few extra pounds. Anyone who's done colonic irrigation or an enema can attest that. But what about the real weight, the fat storage kind? Yes, that is also a possibility. Science is just now starting to understand how intestinal flora can cause weight gain and obesity and the imbalance of that flora can do that as well. But the link is definitely there. And then hormone imbalances, particularly those relating to estrogen have also been linked with obesity. So not clearing out the excess estrogens and having them reabsorbed back into your system could be really bad for your waistline. Um, how about the effects of constipation on the skin? Another side effect of toxicity associated with constipation is acne and skin breakouts. This happens when toxins and waste are reabsorbed back into the bloodstream via the colon rather than being eliminated. And acne is something that I've had an issue with since I was very, very young. The other mechanism by which constipation can impact skin is through the alteration of gut bacteria. And certain studies show that 54% of acne patients have significantly altered gut flora, while probiotics, which is beneficial bacteria, have also been shown to reduce these symptoms. One thing is for sure though, to a lot of people that look at this from the outside in, and that is beauty begins in the bowel. So how about the effects of constipation on SIBO? Constipation is one of the highest risk factors and common causes of small intestinal bacteria overgrowth. This recently discovered condition where bacteria from the large intestine end up in the small intestine where they don't belong is thought to be responsible for up to 80% of IBS cases. That's the irritable bowel syndrome. While the most common symptoms associated with SIBO are constipation, diarrhea, and extreme bloating, it has also been connected with fatigue, weight gain, and some of the other issues that will be discussed here. The effects of constipation on brittle nails and thinning hair. Nutritional deficiencies can affect the growth of both hair and nails. And as we know, a lack of healthy flora in the gut can also decrease the absorption of many nutrients that are essential for energy and growth. Excess toxins being reabsorbed into the bloodstream does not help your beauty regime, leaving you with the risk for brittle nails and thinning hair. This might not seem as bad as some of the other side effects of constipation, but it can and does have an impact on our overall health and well-being. The effects of constipation on poor immunity. 
Our intestinal floor is responsible for much of the body's immune system as well, including the removal of cell debris, viruses, bacteria, and cancerous cells. As constipation is often associated with missing or damaged bacteria, that's the intestinal flora, the impact on your immune system can be significant. The toxic buildup and inflammation associated with constipation can also impair the immune system and leave you vulnerable to infections like urinary tract infections. Effects of constipation on estrogen dominance. Constipation can inhibit the excretion of unwanted estrogen from the body and promote its reabsorption. We're exposed to a lot of environmental sources of estrogen through toxins like plastics, medications, and hormones in animal proteins we consume. This means that most people have excess estrogen coming into the body that needs to be excreted daily. If you're constipated, these excess estrogens can be reabsorbed into the colon and cause elevated estrogen levels. This is a condition that also is associated with allergies, weight gain, and fatigue. Effects of constipation on structural conditions. Beyond functional and chronic diseases, constipation can also cause structural problems that may require surgical intervention. Straining during bowel movements and sitting on the toilet for extended periods of time can result in hemorrhoids, rectal prolapse, and anal fissures. Gone are the days of visiting the loo with a magazine for entertainment. You don't want to do that. Hard stools and increased intra-abdominal pressure are thought to add extra pressure to the veins around the anus and increase the risk of hemorrhoids. The connective tissue around the anus can also weaken, leading to rectal prolapse, a condition in which the rectum protrudes through the anus. This is not a nice thing to happen to anyone. And passing hard or large stools can cause anal fissures, which are small tears in the skin of the anus. If you are experiencing any of these things, see your doctor for treatment. Do not self-diagnose. Do not try to take care of it yourself or think maybe it's just going to go away. Again, I just want to emphasize that these can be signs of things that are very serious and very wrong going on with your body that you need to get fixed. But how about the effects of constipation on fecal impaction? Fecal impaction is the result of a chronic and severe case of constipation and is basically a bowel obstruction caused by poop that gets hardened in the colon to the point that it's causing a solid blockage. Liquid stool can bypass the impacted poop, causing overflow incontinence, often mistaken for diarrhea. In severe cases, fecal impaction can cause ulcers or bowel perforation. This is definitely one of the more severe side effects of constipation, and if you've gotten to this point, then you need to see your doctor right away. Um, effects of constipation on anxiety and depression. Mood and anxiety disorders have long been scientific bedfellows with constipation and other gastrointestinal disorders. And while constipation is often thought to be the symptom, recent neuroscientific research has begun to show the importance of intestinal flora on the development of brain systems. So there's even more reason you might be feeling low if you can't go to the bathroom or go number two. It, and it's these kinds of side effects of constipation that people aren't often aware of that make a huge difference in our everyday lives. Okay, so let's talk about strategies to relieve constipation. The side effects of constipation are bad news. So let's talk about how to enjoy good health and perfect poops in the future. It's really important that you seek the root cause of your constipation, but in the meantime, you wanna find strategies to help clear out chronic constipation and get on the top of some of these nasty side effects to eliminate them. Um, let's jump into this second article that I have. I thought this article was pretty humorous, but 
let's talk about it a little bit. Um, Julia Nafluen wrote this article on the Insider, and it's called How to Achieve the Best Poop of Your Life or Poophoria, According to a Gut Health Doctor. Not every bowel movement is created equal, but when you have one that's just the right consistency and size, it's difficult not to be elated or feel poophoria, according to a gastroenterologist. On an episode of Dr. Jen Gunter's podcast, Body Stuff, the gynecologist and science debunking aficionado spoke with Steph about why certain poop experiences feel so great and what you can do to achieve that poophoria more often. According to Seth, our buttholes are packed with nerve endings that make the area highly sensitive. When someone passes what they call a monster poo, the rectum enlarges to let it escape and then decompresses quickly to eject that. The monster poos come in, out in one big piece and are soft and heavy. And that sometimes just makes us feel great, like you want to do a high five to the first person you see when you come out of the toilet. A healthy poop looks different for everyone. The frequency and consistency of a healthy poop is different for every person. However, if you notice sudden changes in your poo routine, like a change in color, blood in your stool, or constipation for more than a few days, you should see a doctor. Pooping may seem like a natural reflux that you just know how to do, but in reality, there's a right and a wrong way to let it out, according to the experts. First, they suggest keeping toilet time to five minutes at the very most. Sitting on your porcelain throne for too long can disrupt the reflux for going to the bathroom, according to the experts. And when people sit for long periods of time, they might be tempted to strain, which you want to avoid because it can lead to hemorrhoids or fissures, which we spoke about in an earlier article. Um, but hemorrhoids can be incredibly painful and really hard to treat, so you want to prevent them if you can. If you can't get your poo out within these five minutes that you've set aside, doctors suggest you walk around and do other tasks until you feel the urge to go again. They also suggest doing Kegels or contracting the muscles in your pelvic floor quickly and repeatedly. This movement can either push out excess poo or push it back into the rectum so you no longer feel the need to strain. The position in which you poo also matters, according to doctors. Squatting is ideal because it allows you to relax your muscles. Putting a stool under your feet or sitting on the toilet and leaning over to gently grab your ankles can mimic a squatting position. Your diet and how you wipe also matter. After pooing, the doctors suggest take it easy on your butthole. Try not to wipe aggressively. You need to blot and go, they say. You can also add a bidet or a DIY bidet in the form of a water-filled squirt bottle. This is a great toilet paper alternative. Finally, doctors recommend eating more fiber because it makes you poo bigger, heavier, and softer. These adjectives may sound icky, but provide the perfect conditions for stool to travel seamlessly through your colon. If someone eats a diet that's low in fiber, they're more likely to have pebble poo or tiny and unsatisfying stool pieces that sink to the bottom of the toilet bowl. Too little fiber can also cause diarrhea. Um, to get more fiber in your diet, eat foods like whole grain breads, berries, and nuts. Okay, let's talk a little bit about getting rid of that constipation, some techniques. So WebMD has a little bit of information on here about constipation treatment, but um, this article came out by Arifa Kasanobli. Lately, you've been feeling a little, to put it delicately, backed up. You're not going as often as you should, and you feel bloated and uncomfortable. A lot of Americans, more than 40 million by some estimates, deal with constipation on a regular basis. 
It, as it turns out, women have constipation more often than men, and this may have to do with the slower movement of food through a woman's intestines, as well as the effects of female hormones on the GI tract. There are some effective constipation treatments, but let's start with what is constipation. We kind of talked about this earlier. If you can't go, it's often because there isn't enough water in your stool, and this is a problem that occurs when you don't drink enough fluids. According to the National Digestive Diseases Information Clearinghouse, part of the National Institutes of Health, constipation is a condition in which you have fewer than three bowel movements a week, like we talked about in that earlier article, or your stools are hard, dry, and small, making them difficult and painful to pass. Some people naturally have bowel movement a few times a day, but others go just a few times a week. You don't need constipation treatments unless you're going to the bathroom a lot less or more often than usual. Constipation treatments. You have a lot of options for treating constipation. What you choose will depend on why you're blocked and whether it's a new or long-term problem for you. But you may be able to solve your constipation problems without a doctor's help with home remedies. It may seem obvious, but your diet has a big impact on how you poop. Number one, eat more fiber. Fiber makes stools bulkier and softer so it's easier to pass. Gradually increase the amount of fiber in your diet until you're getting at least 20 to 35 grams of fiber daily. Good sources include whole grains found in cereals, bread, brown rice, beans, vegetables, and fruits. Prunes and bran cereal are tried and true constipation remedies. Stay hydrated. Water is important to preventing constipation too. Try to drink at least eight glasses of water a day. Try coffee. While caffeinated drinks and alcohol can make you dehydrated, there's evidence that a cup of coffee or tea in the morning may help you poop. Limit high fat, low fiber food, cheese and other dairy products, processed foods and meat can make constipation worse. Watch your FODMAPs. Certain carbohydrates cause digestive problems, including constipation in some people. The names of these carbohydrates are abbreviated as FODMAPs. And their foods that contain them include dairy, apples, broccoli, wheat, and lentils. You might try cutting individual foods from your diet, but do it carefully. A lot of them are good sources of fiber and other nutrients you need. Other things you can do to relieve constipation include exercise regularly. Moving your body keeps those bowels moving too. Adjust your toilet posture. It may be easier to poop if you squat, raise your legs, or lean back. Check your meds. Many prescription drugs can cause constipation, so ask your doctor if this might be the problem and if there's an alternative. Biofeedback. Some people get constipated because they unconsciously clench their muscles when they try to poop. A therapist can help you train your pelvic floor muscles to relax. Massage. Massaging your own abdomen in certain patterns can help encourage bowel movements. Enemas. You can irrigate your colon with either tap water or an over-the-counter preparation to soften and flush out the contents. Suppositories. Some over-the-counter constipation medications are meant to be inserted directly into the rectum. They typically work faster than laxatives you take by mouth. Prebiotics and probiotics can also be helpful. You may have digestive issues including constipation because of an imbalance of the bacteria that live naturally in your intestines. Supplements are foods containing prebiotics like bananas and oatmeal and probiotics like yogurt and fermented foods can help. Laxatives for constipation treatment. A box of laxatives shouldn't be the first place you turn to relieve your constipation. Reserve these for constipation that does not improve after you've added fiber and water to your diet. If your doctor does recommend laxatives, ask what type is best for you and how long you should take them. Laxatives are best taken short term only because you don't want to start relying on them to go to the bathroom. 
Also ask how to ease off laxatives when you no longer need them. Stopping too abruptly can cause your colon to contract. Laxatives do come in several forms. There's the bulk forming fiber supplement, which is Fibercom, Equilactin, and then you got the Citrusel and the Fiberlax and the Metamucil and Wheat Dextrin Benefiber. Unlike other laxatives, you can take these every day. They make the stool bigger and softer. Although you're safe to use regularly, fiber supplements can interfere with your body's ability to absorb certain medicines and they can cause bloating, cramps, and gas. You gotta drink a lot of water with those as well. Lubricant laxatives can help the stool pass more easily through the colon. In general, doctors do not recommend using mineral oil or castor oil. Mineral oil can cause problems like vitamin deficiency and castor oil can lead to long-term constipation. Uh, there's osmotic laxatives and these help fluids move through your intestines. If you have diabetes, you shouldn't be taking these because they can cause electrolyte imbalances. Then there's the stimulant laxatives. These are like your Dolclax, your Correctol, Xlax, etc. They make the muscles in your intestines contract to help push the stool out. These can work very quickly, but they can also cause side effects like cramping and diarrhea. So you don't want to use them for a long period of time. And then you've got your stool softeners um, like Colace and Surfac. And these make stools easier to pass by adding fluid to them. Having stool softener can prevent you from having to strain during bowel movements. Your doctor can recommend one of these products if your constipation is due to childbirth or surgery. There are also medical treatments for constipation. If over-the-counter treatments don't do the job, your doctor can prescribe different kinds of medication. There are heavier prescription laxatives. There are also stimulants that help get rid of chronic constipation without a known cause. There's also surgery for constipation treatment. Sometimes constipation is caused by a structural problem in your colon or rectum. Your colon may be blocked or have an unusually narrow um, opening, or you may have a partial collapse or bulge in the wall of your rectum. In that case, surgery can correct that problem. Surgery may also be a last resort if your colon just works too slowly and treatments haven't helped. You may need to have a portion, a section of your colon removed, which sounds extremely painful, but when constipation is a regular problem, regardless of what constipation treatment you use, give yourself enough time to sit on the toilet when you need to go. Holding in the urge can make your constipation worse. Set aside a regular time of the day when you know you'll be left undisturbed for several minutes. Don't ignore the problem either. Untreated constipation can lead to real problems like hemorrhoids and tears in the skin around the anus. It can also make you bleed. If you strain too hard, you might even cause part of your intestines to push through the anus. That's that rectal prolapse that we spoke about in an earlier article. Call your doctor right away if you have any of these symptoms with your constipation, stomach pain, blood in your stools, unexplained weight loss, or inability to have a bowel movement. Also give your doctor a call if you've been having trouble going on for more than three weeks and constipation treatments aren't working. You may have a chronic condition called chronic idiopathic constipation, which means your constipation may be caused by something other than physical or physiological. Yikes. So I myself have suffered with this for probably the last six or seven years now. And it started pretty gradually um, with this sort of thing where I just went less and less frequently and it was hard and it was extremely painful um, after a while. So I actually began um, by seeing my doctor and was given a prescription for a laxative that I would need to take probably for the rest of my life. So I chose not to go that route, but the doctor did indeed sort of recap what 
the side effects and symptoms of constipation were, and I was having issues where I felt like I had to go to the bathroom all the time. So that's another kind of a side effect of constipation is it can press, having the, the fecal matter build up within your colon and not expelling it can cause that matter to push up against your bladder, making you feel like you have to go to the bathroom. And so I thought I was having like a UTI or some other kind of infection, which she said can be more frequent if you do have constipation that's chronic in nature. So I tried various different things. I tried high fiber diets. I tried exercise. I tried drinking more water. I tried a whole host of different things. I tried laxatives. I tried stool softeners. I tried different vitamins and herbal remedies and probiotics and prebiotics and everything else. And ultimately, um, none of these things provided long-term relief. They might work one time, they might work for a couple of weeks, but um, the least favorite one that I found out of this whole list of different options was over-the-counter laxatives. I did not enjoy that experience. For me, it was very painful and very unpredictable. They say you could have a movement anywhere from an hour to six hours or 12 hours, and usually it took overnight, and it was hard to predict when it would actually happen. So it was really hard to plan around a job if I was taking the laxatives. And then how often do you take them? You know, And it is a sort of a thing as well that you can get addicted to those to be able to have a bowel movement, and then when you try to wean yourself off of them, it can cause problems as well. So for me, over-the-counter over laxatives not helpful. Um, stool softeners did very little for me, um, except cause a lot of cramping and pain in my gut. So ultimately I ended up with enemas and I do an enema two or three days a week now. And I asked my doctor about it and she did say that, you know, as long as you're making sure that you're using sterile things and, and sterile water and bottle and the right types of products when you're doing it, then it's not terrible for your body. I think for myself, if I don't do the enema, I don't, I just don't have a bowel movement and it can go for weeks, which is a very uncomfortable feeling. And I can't imagine that it's good for your body to hold the toxins from your fecal matter in un indefinitely. So for myself, I utilize the enemas. I have an enema can and it, the whole process takes about half an hour from start to finish. And then when I'm done, I feel clean and fresh and light. So for me, that's what works best. But by no means am I advocating on behalf of two, three, four types of different assistance. In, in no way am I advocating that one remedy is better than the other. And I'm not telling anyone to go do an enema themselves. Do your research. Um, find out what's best for you. See your doctor first and foremost to make sure that there's not something else going on with you, including um, medications which could be causing your constipation that need to be changed or modified so that you can have better bowel movements. But we all know that it is best to do that regularly, even though we don't want to talk about it because it just it makes everything so much better in your body. But if you have any questions, comments, or suggestions, please shoot us an email. Um, you can contact us at lightningrodinfo at gmail.com. If for questions, comments, or concerns, I would ask that you please rate, review, and subscribe to our little podcast as well. It helps us rise in the rankings and, and come up in searches more frequently for people that want to talk about this content. 
Um, I realize that talking about poop can be a very sensitive topic for a lot of people, but it is what it is. We're talking about it. We're getting out there in the open with that. And please join us again next week when we talk more about all kinds of diet diatribes and our failures and successes and all that other fun stuff with dieting. Until the next time, folks, stay strong with your diet and exercise regimen.